Thank you, Lord. Football fans, only six hours to kick off. So uh, if you're wondering, if you're new, you're wondering when all the yelling and excitement... We were just trying to get an early start here. We just thought you'd get primed and pumped. And we, re- we realize there's millions of people that will be screaming their heads off if they're a Colts or a Saints fan. And, you know, for something that is, has purely no supernatural or eternal value... Uh, don't argue with me about that. I'm, no, just kidding. But, uh, and, and then there's this God who created everything and all of us as a part of that who's redeemed our souls from the pit of destruction. So I can get pretty excited about that. I don't know about you guys. Like Marlon said, there's no words, so I just yell. Thank you, Lord. One of our biggest goals for 2010 is that the Father's heart would be released in the earth. For a generation who's dying, who's sick, who's hungry for something, as Christina spoke about, even in, in China on the other side of the planet, for the supernatural, for the power of God. This generation that is crying out for something real. We believe that the Father's heart, the Father heart of God, is just that thing that can meet that need, that can break that yoke, that can heal that disease, that can save that person from bondage. How many people would be like, like to sign up for that, be a part of the father's hearts yeah good about five or six of you we can go with that just kidding um so uh, a big part part of daddy's heart papa's heart whatever you want to call him abba is that that we that people be healed that be they be free from sickness and disease amen has any parents in here ever had a sick child or any children that got sick or at the hospital some of you i'm sure have you know, like our little baby girl was in the hospital with a pneumonia a couple weeks ago. And then uh, this past weekend, uh, uh, Ben had some tubes put in his ears, you know, a minor surgery. And just to sit there and watch them take your little four-year-old back there, you know, just I couldn't hardly take it. I wanted to run out of the room just weeping. You know, it was no big deal. Everything was fine. But some of you guys know what I'm talking about, right? I want you to keep that in mind. That's what God the Father's heart is like when He sees us. Us, so many of us in this room, past, present, or people out there, when he sees people sick and suffering, you know, his heart just breaks. I believe he wants to weep. In fact, Jesus wept when Lazarus died. Even though he knew he was going to raise him from the dead, he still wept. It touches God's heart when he sees people suffering. And uh, on top of that, I realized something, and it's this, theologically. When Jesus died, His body was planted like a seed in the ground. That seed had to die and go into the ground so that it could be watered and grow and rise to resurrection life for us all. That we can bear a fruit, a much fruit and a harvest from that. Amen? In much the same way, even as many of our loved ones have passed away, some of them just from old age, it was their appointed time, or maybe in their, before their appointed time in tragedy, once, you know, no one wants to lose a loved one, but once they have passed on, it can be like seed for those who are our relatives, like our grandparents or something. They have passed on and planted a seed that we physically and spiritually inherit from them. Their genes, right? What they possess in the spirit world, whatever that may be, it, it becomes ours so that we can grow on. And, um, you know, my good friend and yours, as much as. It was a tragic death to lose Matt Stewart last year. You know, in my heart, I determined, you know what, Lord? Nobody wanted to plant this seed, obviously. But now that I put, we put Matt in the ground, 
I consider his life a seed to be planted. And I'm determined to water and cultivate that seed that much fruit may grow from that. You know, Matt had given his life in the medical profession as a nurse for healing. He wanted to see people get well, especially children. He had such a father's heart in that sense. If you ever watch Matt take care of his kids. You know, that daddy side of him was a supernatural gift from heaven that was released. You know, and I just had this resolve at the beginning of 2010. By golly, you know, I had to put my friend in the ground. I'm going to see a, a harvest come from his life. And his memory, we're going to take this thing way further than we, we've ever been. And we've seen God do some pretty spectacular supernatural healings from cancers and diabetes and all kinds of aches and pains, whatever. We've seen God do some things, but we want to see God. We believe God wants to do more. How many people believe that? But here's the thing, and this is really good what Byron shared about that dream about the angels putting wheels on the church and the corporate thing. It's what we're going for is an atmosphere of healing. Heaven in this place and out of this place. We carry the open heaven. We want to see an atmosphere come. And that atmosphere is released, frankly, or one of the ways that it's released is as the corporate body of Christ comes together and releases who they are and what God's put in them. And quite honestly, and I know for some of you this may be a stretch if you're new, but one thing I've realized is as I shout as unto the Lord, as I let heaven's sounds come through my, my physical body, it's not just a physical hoop and hollering and having a good time like I'm at a football game. There's supernaturally power that's released into the atmosphere. And it's, that's why when we come together and you hear these roars crescendo and decrescendo, you can literally feel the atmosphere shift. How many people have ever felt that? The other thing that really um, is near and dear to my heart is I myself was healed supernaturally of a pretty serious physical illness about 16 years ago. And uh, I guess you could consider it the the early stages of schizophrenia. It's pretty common for young men to hit them between 19 and 21. I was 19. And uh, it was just absolutely the worst thing that ever ha- happened to me. When it, when it started, I didn't sleep for a solid seven nights, seven days. Couldn't sleep at all. Um, just paranoia, you know, all the, the voices. My parents took me to see the psychiatrist. They wanted to hit, put me in Charter Pines. You know, all this, that, and the other. And... Uh, God did a miracle for me that was absolutely undeniable. And it obviously, I'm here today, it radically altered the direction of my life because I wasn't following the Lord before that point. And uh, you guys remember the story, you may, in 2 Kings about Naaman. You know, he went to see Elisha, and he had leprosy. He went to see Elisha, and what did Elisha tell him to do? Go wash in the Jordan River seven times. And he didn't want to, but he did, and uh, he got healed. Remember that? And then in the New Testament, remember Jesus told the guy to go wash in the pool. And he went and washed in the pool and got healed also. I mean, this may be a stretch for some of but that literally is what happened to me. The seventh night of no sleep, I'm sitting there on my bed, just trying to get, I'm praying for seven nights, Lord, just give me peace, I'll do anything. Give me peace in my mind, restore my sanity, I'll do anything. On the seventh night, I'm reading the first chapters of the book of Matthew, where at Jesus' baptism, 
And remember, I'm praying for peace, and I see where the, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. I'm like, bam, there it is. The dove, the international symbol of peace. And the Lord clearly spoke to me. He said, Matthew, I want you to go. You never were water baptized as a child. I want you to go into the water, the pool in your parents' backyard and get baptized, and I will restore that peace. Sounds crazy, Lord, but I'll do anything. A desperate man to do anything. And I went and woke my parents up at like 3 a.m. Mom and Dad, this is what God told me. Okay, great. Can you go back to sleep? We'll do it. Take care of it in the morning. So sure enough, first thing in the morning, I get up. And it's funny, you know, the enemy tries to come and steal that seed. I remember I had a very vivid dream where I was hanging out with my buddies and partying like I had been living. And the first thought I had when I woke up that next morning was, I'm not going to get baptized. That's stupid. And I was like, no, devil, you're not doing that to me this time. I'm going for this thing. So sure enough, I went out there and, uh, you know, my eyes were really messed up. Have you ever looked in the eyes of somebody who's not quite all there? You can see it literally there in their pupils and the, their eyes and stuff. And that's how I was. And my mom, you know, was really devastated by that, obviously. But my dad dunked me under the water. As soon as I came up, a miracle happened. Instantly, it all left. It all left in an instant. And my mom just cried and uh, this dove, one of those doves, the gray doves flew over the pool. And, you know, that was, think what you will, but that was a really cool sign to me. (laughs) It was awesome, man. Obviously, it was absolutely life-changing. So, that among other things has really made me passionate about God's covenant that He has with His people to heal. And so this year, as I get opportunity to speak to you all, I'm going to do a series on, on healing, okay? Probably take the whole year if I get to speak once a month or so. I'm going to speak every month, a next part on healing. And some of the topics I'm going to cover is uh, things like, like today is God's covenant of healing, part one. And then is healing really in the atonement? Where is that in the scripture? Uh, of course, sozo. Why do people get healed? Why do people not get healed? Um, the role of faith in healing, spiritual gifts and their role in healing, all kinds of things. So I really want to encourage you. And like I said, because of our vision for a corporate atmosphere of healing and a, and a corporate uh, gift of healing, if you will. Second Corinthians talks about the gifts of healing in the, uh, in the, in the New Testament. Uh, I want to, I want, I'm just believing that God's going to build our corporate faith together. Amen. That as we come in here, we can come expecting, not well, God can, or maybe want, or if He will. No, God is going to heal many. God is going to heal all who come to Him. Well, Matthew, I've got all these questions. You know, I've got all the da 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 da. How many people in here like me, or maybe not quite that major, but you've had a divine healing without a shadow of a doubt? Look at all these hands. You see all these people? God's touched a lot of you. Now, how many people like me? have had disappointments where the person didn't get healed, you didn't get healed, you're not healed yet, you know, whatever. Okay? That's most of us, of course. So many times we come in to an atmosphere wanting to believe, but yet there's these doubts, all these questions, because our theologies are based upon our experiences. And our experiences dictate to us what is true and what is not true. Okay, so I believe God wants to go after some of our pet peeve, maybe theological doctrines, 
He wants to um, re-infuse us with a vision for how this thing works corporately. So that, I just wanted to kind of lay that groundwork as where we're going. Remove some of the doubts. Increase our faith. Increase our expectation. Um, so uh, I'm excited about it. i got a couple reports here I want to share with you from this past Thursday's healing room. A, uh, we've got two healing rooms, one for women and one for men. Uh, a young woman, 25 years old, came in here. She wrote, I'm pregnant with a baby that has spina bifida, heart problems, fluid in the brain, and a club foot, and it's been hard on me and my husband. Please pray for us. And I was talking to the women who were in here, uh, Joanne, Colleen, and, and, and Linda, and I mean, I saw them out. They were just on fire. God's presence just saturated that woman. She left here with so full of hope, so full of faith, standing on the words and the promises of God for her child. I was like, man, Lord, that was so awesome. You know, and I think about the disappointments, frankly, with Sophie Stein and people like David Van Wassenhoven and those that, that we've lost. We have, of course, we've had the victories recently with the, the challenges and the new babies, but also, Lord... We just stand upon the seed that has been planted in the ground. That this baby here shall not die. This baby here shall not be infirm. But Lord, we just receive Your healing to flow. You know, I believe that we can stand, like that we can stand upon the promises of God. Now, I don't... In saying all this, all of us in this room, in our family, in ourselves, in a current family member maybe... We all have had to deal with this thing of sickness and disease. So I don't want to be misunderstood or be insensitive to what you may be going through because I totally understand, you know, where you're, where you're at, where you're going through. Really, I believe God wants to speak to you, okay? And so that's, that's what I want to set out on here. If you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Wow, help me Lord. Genesis chapter 3, I'm sorry. I don't believe this one's on the screen, but where did sickness come from? Sickness came, the fall of Adam and Eve. It came through their sin. Did you know that? In fact, here's, here's where it is, right here. In Genesis chapter 3, God is, is saying, this is the curse that sin has brought on you guys. And to the woman, He said, and the, late, the moms in the room will testify to this, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Pain entered in as sin entered in. Can you imagine, women, what it would be like with no pain in childbirth? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Never experienced it myself, but watched it about four times. Pain entered right there. And we can see on in Adam's curse, um, it was having to pay the bills. You know, you think about in the garden, it was all provided for them, wasn't it? They got to cultivate and join in with God as a co-laborer, but it was, the, it was, it was poverty. It was uh, the lack of provision that was the curse there. So we can see this even from the, to, from the fall of things. And uh, many people wonder, you know, well, well if, if God has provided this healing like you're saying it is, then why do I still get sick? Well, let me just ask you this question. How many people of you guys have been born again and the blood of Christ has redeemed you from all your sin, past, present, and future? Raise your hands. Alright, good. How many of you still sin? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So if you have been freed from sin, 
then why do you still sin? Because we have the first fruits of that salvation, don't we? Until the perfect comes and we are like Him, we're probably never quite going to get there, are we? But does that stop us from standing in faith that all my sins have been covered? So you can think about sickness in the same way because it's basically rooted in the same thing. Is the reason that we still get sick is because we live in a fallen creation. Adam and Eve's sin didn't, didn't just mess with human nature. It messed with all of creation. The atmosphere shifted. The planet went to, towards decay. So all the talk about global warming and is it happening, is it not, did it, what caused it? I don't know, but I know this. The Bible's clear. The thing's messing up. <laughs> you know? But the Bible's also clear. Our God has provided redemption. Redemption not only for your soul, but for your body. Not only for your soul and your body, but for the planet. It's all going to be redeemed by the blood of Christ and by the stripes that He took on His back. Isn't it? Alright, let's turn to uh, Genesis chapter 12. God's covenant. God came then to Abraham, to Abram, and he, he made a covenant with him. And we think of this, just for the sake of time, I'm not necessarily going to read the whole passages that I got there, but we think of this as, okay, God needed a way to, uh, to, to uh, come to earth through a people group. He chose Abram, who was the father of all nations, but particularly became the father of the ethnic Jews, the Israelites back then. And so this was the, the plan that he had in the past, physically, that he set forth in motion to free us from our sins, right? That Jesus Christ had come through as the son of David. Did you know that even in the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant that he made with Abraham, there's also a covenant of healing? Well, how do you know that? What was part of that covenant? There was physical, uh, a physical illness, a physical uh, problem in Abraham's family that had to be dealt with first, wasn't there? What was it? His wife Sarah. What was the problem? She couldn't get pregnant. But God said, I'm going to make you the father of all the nations. He's like, there's only one problem. I don't have any children. Mm, that is a problem. Doctors can tell us probably if they could have examined Sarah back then what the problems were, couldn't they? Medical science can do that. There's a physical problem. In this case, it was beyond the capacity of God created in the nature of the human body to repair itself. So it needed some divine intervention. And it was a double whammy because not only was she infertile in the childbearing years, but she had passed those years, hadn't she? And we know that's completely impossible, isn't it? For her to have the child. But what happened? Everybody said angels. <laughs> the Lord in some manifestation came to Abram. Two angels accompanied him. So never discount the role of God's messengers that he may sin. And they brought a word. They spoke to them. And said at the appointed time, speaking to Abram, your wife Sarah's going to have a child. <laughs> Good one. You know, but Abram maintained faith there. He maintained trust in the Lord at the appointed time. Now, just to skip forward a little bit, a few hundred years, Abraham's descendants, who had by this point reached about four million or so, 
been in slavery for 400 and something odd years in Egypt. You know the story. Crossed the Red Sea, got out of bondage, came to this, the wilderness on their way to a place that God had promised them. And this is in Exodus 15. It says, 15.22, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. There's all kinds of stuff in there, but I don't have time for that. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Get the analogy there? A tree? tree of Calvary? When he cast it into the waters, the bitter waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what's right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. You know how, God, how much God care, Father God cares about healing? He connected His name to it. He staked His very reputation by calling, referring to Himself, I am Jehovah Rapha, which just means the God who heals. It's a covenant that He's maintained. If you will heed the voice of the Lord is the contingency there. So the Abrahamic covenant went on to the Mosaic Covenant, what He made with Moses and the children of Israel. This is a part of it. It goes on with David, if I had time to show you that. And the covenant that He made with David. David mentions this. We're going to read one of David's songs that he wrote about healing at the end here. And then let's skip on to the, to the uh, best covenant of all, the New Covenant, which is a superior covenant, of course. And this is uh, the last part here in which Paul says this. In Romans 4.19. And not being weak in faith, he, he is Abraham. Abraham did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform and therefore was accounted to him for righteousness. Let me read that last sentence again. Think healing. And being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses, and was raised because of our justification. Most of the time we read and theologians uh, theologize. Yes. I knew that was a good word. Theologize on Paul and the book of Romans as the great treatise on you know, the, the sin, the, the, how God has dealt with our sin. And it absolutely is. But don't lose sight that in where he's referring to Abraham, it also has to do with a sickness. You see that? So whenever he is accounted to him as righteousness, it's just as much about sickness and disease as it is about the sin problem. Last scripture, Romans 10, Paul goes on and says, But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is 
the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you'll be healed. I know it says saved, but just bear with me. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls, everybody say whoever. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be healed. Because we know that word there in the Greek means healed, saved, and delivered. Same thing. It's synonymous. It's called sozo. That will be another message. Many of you know that one. So the point here is, if God, has a pro, if God has established a covenant that began with Abraham, through Moses, through David, now onto us as being partakers in this promise, we are the children that Abraham was promised. Every nation will be blessed. Then we know that theologically. How is it appropriated? Appropriating the covenant. The covenant of healing. Number one, God will speak to you. Listen for His voice. God will speak to you. In Genesis 21-2 that we read, or I skimmed over, but I was referring to, about Abraham and Sarah, it says, For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Remember, he had the angels come, he spoke to him and said, at the appointed time. In the passage from Exodus, the Lord said as a part of the healing covenant, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God. If you heed the voice of the Lord. Now, this is not only, appropriate, uh, this is not only important for us as individuals in receiving healing in our bodies, that we hear the voice of the Lord and, 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 and listen for that, but also as we're ministering to other people. And we have some pretty cool models for praying for the sick in the church today, which I'm absolutely 100% in favor of, because they work, but they're not all. You, ha- you need to listen for the rhema word of God over people that you're praying for. Because if you look at Jesus, He had a certain pattern, but He kind of went off of that pattern almost every time. Like, alright, this time put spit on the ground, put mud in your eyes. Alright, now go wash here. Now go show yourself to the priest. Okay, it's going to be immediately, but then it's as you go. You know, it was different almost every time. But I was looking carefully and almost, I think every instance in the Scripture, Old and New Covenant, there was a word from the Lord that was given before someone got healed. There's a word from the Lord. So as a body, let's say, Lord, we want to go after Your word. We want to hear your words. Open our ears, Lord, as we pray that. Let's keep that in mind. And secondly, and this is the last thing, we must respond to the word of the Lord in trust and belief and faith. All right, Lord, I got a lot of experiences in my life. Maybe my disappointments outweigh my victories in some of these areas. But I know that you're a good father. You're a good daddy. And as a dad, I would not wish harm on any of my children. So I know that this is your will for me. You know, it's interesting in being a part of these healing rooms, uh, which Matt and Angel helped start in May. 
You know what the number one issue with those who have serious illnesses that come in here, you know what the number one issue is? Is it God's will? How do I know this isn't from God? He wants me to be sick. How do I know this isn't how He works? You know, that's the number one issue. It's such a big issue out there. You know, and uh, we had a a man um, come in with colon cancer this week into the men's prayer room and then metastasized to his liver. And you could see it. He was really struggling with this. And, you know, we were just able to minister the love of, of, of God over him. I just read Isaiah 53 over him. Just encourage his heart, you know, that God cares for you. He loves you. You know, it's such a huge ministry to be able to impart that. But I believe that God wants to break some bad theology off of us. You know, some sw- tweak our doctrines just slightly. And I'm not saying all mine are right. Okay, I'm, I'm in this thing along with you. But I'll tell you one thing. If the Bible says, especially in the New Testament, that gifts, plural, of healings, plural, are available for me, I'm going to go after as many of them as I can get. And I think you should too. <laughs> and I think we all should together. Let's go uh, until we own them. You know, until every, all who come into River Life with cancer are healed. You know, let, let's not stop. Let's just say, where's the limit? Let's just keep going. Let's just see God just bust out with healing and salvation and deliverance for as many as possible. Let's, say, let's do more than just healing rooms twice a month. You know, let's let God set our boundaries, which is pretty vast since He doesn't have any. Concluding Scripture, I know it's late. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Come on, you guys read with me. Oh, it's not up there, sorry. (laughs) Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, thank you Lord, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I believe there's a whole generation of youth, but that includes everybody alive today. If you're, al- if you're breathing, you're youth, okay? who God, or just say this prophetically, He wants to renew a generation's youth like the eagle. So that a generation on the planet today can just soar with the promises of God and not be held back by many of the, of the limitations that have been put upon by men. Amen? So um, I feel like there's somebody here this morning that, yeah, it's Jenny. Hey, how are y'all? Um, Wednesday night, Amy um, Underwood had the, um, the word about God wanting to birth things in us, and that was really, um, the God did that Wednesday. Um, and then also um, this Sunday, it was also shared um, about um, the birthing angels, you know, the midwife angels and all that. And I really feel like God, in me personally, is wanting to birth this new healing thing, um, and you know, I can testify, be the one of the ones that can stand up here and say that he's got to do it in me 
because I'm, we lost our granddaughter, and it'll be four years ago this Wednesday. And my um, faith levels for healing, I mean, they got totally shot, and God's been trying to show me that he does want to heal. Um, and, and, you know, and in spite of me and in spite of my theology, in spite of my, um, you know, faith level that just got crushed about God wants to heal, um, I believe that he really wants to birth that healing um, in us today. Um, you know, that new baby wants to be birthed, that healing baby. I really, truly believe that. Um, so I think we should pray for people today um, that if you've lost that, um, belief that God can really heal. He can. I, I know it. I'm still trying to, you know, let God tell me that. But He really can and He wants to do that. Amen. That's good. Yeah. So we want you to come up and Jenny and some others will pray for you. I also feel like the Lord was showing me earlier that there's somebody in here that just needs emotional healing. Your heart, you feel like recently, I believe it was this weekend or this week, was just crushed in like a thousand pieces. And God's a God of restoration and hope. He's going to put your heart back together this morning. That doesn't mean that you won't need to walk some things out, but He's going to, he's going to provide the way. Maybe you don't know Christ today, and God's going to heal your heart and, and, and bring you into a whole new world. I also got that there was somebody with a blood disease, some kind of, something wrong with your blood. It's a disease, an infection, or something. But if that's you, I also want you to come up here. And, uh, <clears throat> I was sensing also there was a there's a true grace right now for um, for deliverance, okay, like from addictions or things that you use just to cope with life, okay. And the Lord is not angry with you; He's not disappointed with you. He really just wants to set you free. And I had a real sense of that this week, that there is an absolute grace right now to break those things off. Okay? And the Father will really administer the Holy Spirit to take that place so that in your life, even though you have a crisis or whatever you're going through, okay, that you will totally depend on the Holy Spirit. There's such a grace right now for that. So I just want to encourage you about that too. Amen. So why don't we just stand up together? And uh, if we could have some ministry team folks come up here, and we're going we're gonna to dismiss. But let me just pray for us. This morning, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence. Thank you for the all that you've done, Lord. And we just ask you, God, for a corporate healing anointing. Lord, just come upon us, Lord. Just fall upon us, Lord. We, the sky's the limit, Lord. We just go after whatever it is, Lord, that you want to take us after in the realm of healing the heart, healing the soul, healing the body. Lord, just release it. Release a cloud, God. Upon your people, Lord. Lord, we will not be like the Israelites who in the day of their invitation to be a kingdom of priests fainted, held back, and said, Moses, you go. Lord, we won't be like those people, Lord. We want to be people who go up the mountain. Lord, we want to be people who pursue the impossible, who dream for the impossible, God. So, Lord, we just say yes and amen.